0: If you have been living with anxiety and depression for years, you may have often wondered if there was a way without medication that you could eliminate or minimize some of this distress. And that's exactly what this episode is about. And my guest is going to explain what she did to eliminate anxiety and depression from her life and heal herself and what she discovered about the source of some of this anxiety and depression, which surprised me. And that's what I'm excited to share with you today in this episode. So stay tuned. <music> This is Ronnie and Ryan, Intuitive Coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love & Magic Podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic Podcast. And now, on with the show! Before I get into today's interview, I thought I would just share what I learned about the summer solstice this year, and I wrote about it in my newsletter, but you might not be getting that. And I thought, oh, I want to share this with my listeners today. Even though today is Friday when I published this and the solstice was two days ago, you can still take advantage of this. And maybe you were too busy during the week to do anything to celebrate the solstice, but the weekend is here and now is your chance. It's not really too late. Don't worry about that. The idea that you can celebrate two or three days later or four days, it's fine. Or celebrate anytime you hear this podcast. Let me just share what I learned. Of course, the summer solstice is the longest day of the year, and it's when the balance between light and dark tilts way over to the light, which is always exciting to me. The first official day of summer also, it's brimming with magic and mysticism and light. So the first way that you can celebrate is to express gratitude. In researching this ancient holiday, what I learned was many celebrations focus on expressing gratitude, especially for the sun and all that the sun does for the earth, because nothing would grow and we wouldn't live or survive without the warmth and the light of the sun. So your celebration could include the sun salutation, borrowing that from yoga, and that's a series of positions that you could do that have a flow to them. Or your celebration can include greeting the morning sun when you wake up, even if it's not at sunrise, to feel the power the sun has to renew you and feel that grateful energy fill your heart and expand beyond the borders of your body. Another thing you can do is see clearly on the brightest days, even though. The longest day was a couple of days ago. It's still going to be very bright and more light for quite some time. That's what I love about the summer. Realize that all that extra daylight can shine new light on a situation you have been pondering or worrying about. See the brightness as your ally, uncovering anything that may have been hiding in the corners beyond your periphery. Another way you can celebrate is to cleanse your energy and your body with water. Probably something you do daily anyway. But you can immerse yourself in water. So if you live in a place that has a nice river or stream or lake or ocean, dunk yourself in there with the intention to cleanse your body, your emotional, spiritual, and physical body and release any emotions that weren't yours. Maybe you picked them up from other people or to let go of things that no longer serve you. And that way you can lighten up and create space for something new. A fourth way to celebrate is to touch the earth. Yes, you can just touch the ground or touch the grass. If you have a garden, you might do a little gardening work. If you want to plant some seeds or maybe put some flowers into pots. Or maybe if you do have a garden, you're going to harvest a little lettuce and cilantro and peas whatever your early crops are or this is a great time to pick blueberries and strawberries maybe there's a farm near you where you can go pick them or maybe you're just gonna go to the store and pick up a carton and bring them home and eat them a fifth way to celebrate is to build a bonfire that's a great weekend activity for a nice evening building a bonfire allows you to experience the light into the night right if you can't build a fire Maybe you don't have outside area, you don't have a fire pit, light a candle, that's always the way, or light a few candles so you have more of that aspect of fire. And you can also just enjoy a sunset as you celebrate the longest day of the year, even if it's not the exact day of the solstice. The sixth way to celebrate is borrowing from Shakespeare's Midsummer's Night Dream, which is about the solstice and being a time to connect with the fairy realm and enjoy a sense of playfulness and fall in love. To converse with the fairies, you can sit in a wild place, quiet your mind, and just simply ask to connect. You can speak with the elementals or the plant divas or the actual fairy folk or elves as you might think of them. This can be a lot of fun really. I've I've enjoyed doing this. Even if you don't hear anything it's a nice magical concept. So quiet your mind, get comfortable and discover if there's a message and remember to bring an offering. So before you ask to speak with them you might leave like a little bit of honey or some shells, or a crystal or a tumbled stone, just something small, or even a cookie to leave behind. The seventh idea I found was an excerpt from something written by Molly Remmer from Mother Tongue, Inc. And I'm just gonna paraphrase. Let us spread our arms out under this great wide sky and let the magic of being alive fill us with fire. Let us lift our arms to the sun and be so restored and renewed by the heart of passion, the heat of longing, the warmth of pleasure. As the streaming light of purposeful joy replenishes our hearts, we may allow the wild magic of this time and space to restore our knowing that today is fertile with possibilities to do good work and rejoice. There's just something about that idea that every day you wake up, you can realize that day is fertile with possibilities to do good work and rejoice and that just sets the tone for your whole day. So whether you use that for celebrating the solstice or you make it your new early morning mantra, I think there's a lot to be gained from working with that concept. So happy solstice, everyone. Enjoy the light. On this episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Tanya Eichenberg. She is an anxiety release coach who is certified in life and self-care coaching. Her passion is to help women release their emotional baggage and direct their energies towards efforts to heal, regain strength, freedom, and happiness. Her unique approach to energy healing is an alternative method that deviates from conventional medicine or talk therapy and instead encourages individuals to nurture positive energy for healing. She discovered that energy healing is an effective technique for regaining one's health after realizing that it brought about positive changes that medication and therapy could not achieve. Energy healing is widely used and recommended as a reliable healing method of releasing tension and getting oneself back to a more positive and fulfilling life. We all want that. Welcome, Tina.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be
0: here. So, Tina, how did you get started with this healing process and- sharing
1: it with other people. What was that the, the route? Well, the route was in 2018, my husband and I had the opportunity to purchase our forever home off the Chesapeake Bay, right off the water. And nice. all of our kids had graduated. Our twins graduated in 2018. My husband graduated with his college degree in 2018. So 2018 was a huge year for us. Everything on the outside was looked perfect, looked wonderful but on the inside, I was dying. I had hit my highest level of depression. My anxiety was at its highest that it has ever been. Going into 2019, getting into COVID and everything, I had this huge argument with my mother and we wound up not speaking for a few months. So then it just hit me that I needed something that was going to heal my anxiety and my depression once and for all. So I was tired of going on the roller coaster of medications and talk therapy. So I I put into Google emotional holistic healing and this modality called the emotion code popped up and ah, yes,
0: the emotion. That, code.
1: Yep. And so that is where it all started. I started doing the research, went and saw a couple practitioners and decided to get certified on my own so that I could know everything on how to heal myself. Oh, um, beautiful. I used the emotion code and then I went ahead and got the second certification in the body code. And within four months, I had healed my anxiety and depression about 80%. And I say 80% because there were still moments that I would find myself having many panic attacks or bouts of sadness for, for, you know, three or four days. That's when I found self care. I started meditating and journaling. And within six months of finding the emotion code, nine months from starting to get help for my anxiety and depression, I was 100% healed.
0: That's so fantastic. What's the guy's name from the emotion code?
1: Dr. Bradley Nelson.
0: That's it. I I took one workshop with him, not a certification, but it was like an all day thing. And I have worked with the heart wall meditation. Now, what's really interesting is I worked with this woman, Robin Friedman, and I didn't realize she had done an adaptation. So all along, I thought I was doing heart wall from dr bradley nelson but she had adapted it she made a meditation out of it but it was so powerful there's some great power in the work that he's done and he was a chiropractor and he noticed things that were happening with his wife and he had like visualized stuff in her body or in her energy field he saw like a wall a wooden wall or something her heart and so it's really fascinating, but how powerful that you could have had so much anxiety and depression, and then cure yourself. It's unbel- in less than a year. Because in less that, than a year, that can be so debilitating for people. And when you have that anxiety and
1: combine it with depression, it's really rough. It really is, and you get to the point where you're like, if something's not going to help me, then I'm going to hurt myself so that I can get some relief from it. And that's the point I was at before I found it. It was either some I was going to find something that was going to help heal it 100% for the rest of my life, or I was going to run my vehicle into a telephone pole so that I could get a couple of weeks off from feeling this way. Glad and, you didn't do that. I know, me too. Uh, but nobody knew I was feeling this way. Even my husband didn't didn't know that I felt that way because I was so embarrassed and so ashamed of feeling that way. And I was so scared that if I voiced it, I would be sent to the fifth floor into a padded room. Oh dear, yeah. Because that's the stigma around having anxiety and or depression or any mental illness. I had gone through the gambit of trying medications throughout the years. I would get on them, feel better, so that I'd come off of them and I'd be okay for a while. And then I'd have to get back on them because things would get too hard. I just didn't want to do that anymore. Come to find out, my mom was just diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver because of all the medications that she's been on for her bipolar disorder. It makes me feel better that I found another way of healing because I don't want to, at 65, 70 years old, wind up with a condition that is pretty much irreversible because of all the medications I may have had to be on if I didn't heal myself at 44 years old. Right. Wow.
0: What's in the emotion code that helps people and helped you alleviate the pressure that you were under or let go of things that were bothering you? Can you give
1: me any specifics about how that worked? For me specifically, I had a lot of um, inherited energies from my dad's dad who died. I think he was in his late forties, maybe early fifties when he passed away from cirrhosis of the liver because he was an alcoholic. I thought I would have a lot from my mom because of her bipolar disorder, but it wound up being from my dad's side. And those were things that I never would have known were there. Had I not learned the technique of muscle testing and tapping into my own subconscious and really getting getting to know who I was and what was affecting me, I may never have been able to heal from it. And I strongly believe that mental illness is not a chemical reaction in our bodies, I, I strongly believe that it is a trauma response to what our ancestors went through, what our parents went through, what we went through. It's a combination of all of it. It's a combination of what we're, what society is going through. You know, if you watch the news or scroll through social media, 90% of what you see is negative. Yeah, I've had people say, how can you not worry about what's going on in other countries? I'm like, because that doesn't affect me. And it may sound cold but what's going on in Zimbabwe does not personally affect me. But if I dive into what's going on in those countries and take on their stories as my own, they are going to affect me. Right. Well, I totally get what
0: you're saying. And how I feel about it is, what can I do about it? So sometimes there are things we can do. And sometimes there are things we can't. Like, We can use Ukraine as an example. We can gather food. We can gather money. We can gather clothing. supplies. There are lots of drop-off places where people are sending stuff to Ukraine. But after that, hearing about more bombs going off and explosions doesn't change anything for you. And it's so interesting because people have talked about their consciousness. And I'm finally coming to that place where I definitely don't watch any news and I'm bad about social media. The most social media I do is LinkedIn. I can't watch the same kind of violent TV shows that I used to be able to watch with my husband. I don't know if the shows are getting more violent or there's more chains of violence before they just killed a person. But I'm having a hard time watching that now. And I think, oh, you know, maybe my consciousness is changing because what you feed yourself, of course, affects how you are. And so
1: if you don't watch violence, there's not a lot to watch on TV. <laughs> there isn't. And even, so, even if you pick shows where you think there's not going to be a lot of violence, is still some sort of violence within the show. Or there's gore or something yeah. like that,
0: you yeah. know? And so it's hard to get away from, but the other point I want to talk about that you've brought up is this whole ancestral thing. Now, I'm just going to admit to you that initially when I started hearing this kind of thing, I was like, come on, we, we're here to deal with our stuff. How can we have to deal with somebody else's stuff too? That's just ridiculous. I'm here to learn my lessons, not my grandfather's lessons. So what are you talking about? I still have a hard time with this idea that w- about healing our ancestors, because I feel like that's still their job. But if we do have, I'm going to call it residue. <laughs> if we have DNA residue, stuff that gets passed down, because our consciousness does get into ourselves. It does. And then our cells get passed on through the egg and the sperm and the DNA. When you look at it like that, then you could say, well, since your consciousness is in your cells and you pass along your DNA, you pass along your consciousness, you start to understand how some of that could be true. I do think there are things we have to heal from in this life, but sometimes there are layers of things that, like you say, you're unaware and so you had stuff from your grandfather. And I'm in the middle of learning a new healing technique myself called soul intelligence. We have a a chat function from all the people in the group. So one woman was saying how she was clearing her parental stuff and suddenly she was overwhelmed by guilt. She didn't understand what the guilt was because she never used to feel guilt. And so I said, did you check it to see if it's ancestral? was just the first thing that came to me. And she said, oh my gosh, you're right. It's not even mine. Well, I figured it couldn't be hers because she didn't feel it before. So somehow freeing up whatever she freed up opened up the next layer that she had to remove, but it wasn't hers. So it's so like, I'm getting chills just telling you about this because, you know, I have to admit, I, and like I said, I was closed off to that, but you know, you're, you have firsthand experience that so much of what you were going through wasn't even
1: yours. Yeah. And you can see it in how people deal with money as well. If you look back in your ancestral line and see where your ancestors were, say, during the depression, right? If your ancestors were fruitful during the depression, then you're probably more fruitful in this life. Yeah. If your ancestors were more, you know, we have to hold on to stuff. We don't know where our next meal is coming from. I remember hearing that all the time. One thing I can always remember my mom saying is that we may not have a lot of money, but whenever we need the money, it always shows up. Oh, wow. That's a good message. I've gotten to the point where I want to make sure that whenever I need money, it's already in my bank account. Right. It's already in my savings. I don't have to go to credit cards. I don't have to go to loans. And so I'm breaking those ancestral Mm -hmm. money lines so that as my kids grow, they understand that they will always have the money that they need to provide for themselves and more.
0: Well, it's interesting because what your mother was saying was half positive because whatever you need, the money shows up. Right. But she was still living in a place of until I need it. I don't have enough. I exactly. Don't, yeah. So I know how that can be. Like somebody will get $300 and then their car breaks and they have to spend it on their car or
1: whatever. So I know what you're talking about. So she was halfway there at least, right? She was halfway there. But they also, you know, my, my parents also didn't teach us any financial responsibility till I met my husband. Thank God for him. I had no financial sense, but his parents had enough financial sense to show him in a way that you can make more than what you need.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a great consciousness when you know you can have more than you need. There's a lot of freedom in that.
1: There is. Yeah. There
0: is. And it takes the pressure off because you know you're going to have what you need so you can relax.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you can, yeah, you can relax. You can go on vacations. You can take a day off of work without worrying about if you have enough time in your vacation bank or your sick bank. You know, I know that's, a, that's one thing that a lot of people worry about is they, they don't have enough time to take off from their jobs to, to heal. Yeah, You know, we're just, we're just not allowed that time. It's crazy how our ancestors couldn't affect us.
0: <laughs> I know it's amazing. So now here you are, this is what you're doing for your work. Okay. So what was that like making that transition? What were you doing before?
1: Before I was an accounts payable manager for a rental company and I never set out going into healing as a business. I went into it to wow. heal myself and to help heal my family. But it wasn't until the end of 2020, I decided that, you know, maybe I'll do this as a side hobby, right? Because I I had to work on so many people to complete my certification. So I had to reach out to friends and family. And then that following year, you know, I I started with a coaching program and just decided, you know what, there's a lot of other women out there who don't want to be on medication every day because they don't like how the medication makes them feel. Or they've done talk therapy, but they've been in it for so long that it's just not helping anymore. Yeah. Or they don't have the right therapist and they have to keep switching therapists because it's just not the right fit for them. So that's when I decided to, you know what? There's a lot of other women out there that want to heal naturally. I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't acknowledge that and let people know that this is available. And so that's when I decided to pair the conscious side with the subconscious side, self-care with energy healing. Through the energy healing, we clear all those blocks that are contributing to their anxiety or their their depression. And we also clear blocks around not wanting or not being able to give themselves self-care, doing the conscious work. You hear all the time, you know, oh, I tried meditation and it didn't work. Are you still meditating? No. Well, that's why it didn't work because you didn't continue it. Meditation does not work overnight. It's like walking or riding a bike. You have to do it consistently so that you get better and better at it. Same with journaling, setting boundaries, feeling your emotions, becoming emotionally intelligent and understanding your emotions are not going to kill you. They're not. And they are going to pass. You know, it may take five minutes. It may take 30 minutes, but those emotions that you don't like feeling are going to pass. I just saw a video clip of Tom Hanks with some other male actors, and it was, um, the quote was, this too shall pass. If you're having anger or you're having frustration, this too shall pass. But if you're also in joy and happiness, and you have to have that understanding that, yes, this too shall pass, that you're everything, this this too shall pass.
0: Awesome. Any stories you can share from your clients? You know, you you can keep them anonymous, but any stories that stand out that, you want to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah. So I had one client that went through my 12 week program, which is the 12 weeks of energy healing and then 12 weeks of self-care who was able to come off of her antidepressants. She then also learned how to do this herself so that she could continue to heal herself on other levels and to help heal her children. I had another client who after I think about eight weeks of working together, she decided to leave her toxic job and start her own business. Wow. Yeah, I had another client who had, uh, she was a military vet with PTSD. And within 12 weeks, we reduced her PTSD by 50%. That's so yeah, lots of success stories with my clients. That's
0: fantastic.
1: What do you like most about doing this work? When the client finally feels that bigger shift, because energy healing and mindset work is not an overnight thing. No, it is something that you have to do on a regular basis. It's like brushing your teeth. And when they get to that sixth or seventh week and they're like, one, I don't remember ever feeling this good. And two, why did it take me so long to realize that how I was feeling was not healthy? Yeah. And most of them, most of them agree that they got so comfortable with being in those states of depression or anxiousness that it was just comfortable. It was familiar. And they were afraid of who they might be if they didn't have those familiar feelings. Oh, wow. And I can totally relate to that because before I decided to really look at myself and go, what do I need to heal? What do I need to be happy? There was a period where I was scared to be happy, where I was scared to become healthy. Because what if the people around me don't like the happy me or don't like the healthy me? Oh, wow. Because they're not happy with where they are. So then maybe they reflect their unhappiness onto me. That was just what was part of my thought process when I had anxiety and depression was like, what if I get better and nobody still likes me? That was a belief that I had from my mom that, because she would always say to all of us as a family, you don't want me to change. You don't want me to be happy because that was her mental illness that was coming out and being projected onto us. And so that was a belief and a thought that I had taken on as Uh my truth. So, so that, that shows just how impactful what your parents say or do, how it impacts you 30 years later. Yeah, exactly.
0: So how has this changed you spiritually? Like there's probably been a tremendous amount of growth, but what have you noticed from a spiritual consciousness standpoint, now that you're doing this work as your job, as you're living and helping other people, what does that look like? The biggest
1: shift I saw was my intuition. Really? Was being able to really listen to who I am inside, who I really am. You know what decisions do I need to make? I mean, there's still time where my ego gets in the way, and yeah, it's well. like I listen to my ego more than I listen to the other side of me. Sure, my intuition increasing, my knowing of things. You know, there are times when I get hits before I get an answer through muscle testing. When you're working that on somebody else my, or on yourself, I'm working on both. Good, both. good. I just get you know, just the thoughts come in and say, okay, so they you got this from age 12, and then I'll muscle test what age did it come through? And I get age 12. And just overall feel of happiness and joy. If I sit here and I smile and I sit in silence, when you place that smile on your face and you can feel the joy and the love that is radiating from inside of you, that is so amazing. It's there. Everybody has it, but sometimes they have so much more, that negativity carries so much more weight because they've been in that state for so long that that is what they identify with, that it's hard to feel the rest of it.
0: And that's what you can feel in meditation when you get to that place where you can shut your mind off. I read this book way back in 1990 called Taming Your Gremlin, and it was adopted by the coaching community very early on, that your internal voice is not necessarily your authentic self. And so- It tears you down and gives you lots of fear. It's not necessarily helpful, positive, or look. The only thing that that voice does is it tries to keep you safe, which has value. Yep. There are times when you need to be kept safe, but a lot of times what it does is in the quest for safety, you become highly limited because of like, well, don't do that. You could look foolish. You could look stupid. People won't like you, da, da, da and so that internal voice when you can learn to shut that off which is basically what meditation helps you do then you can allow that inner spirit moment you
1: know to yep. rise yep. and come
0: out and get past all that clamping down you know Sometimes when I'm meditating, I don't always get there, but sometimes it's just like so blissful for however long it lasts that you just get into mm-hmm. that space of going, oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> I can feel that a lot. Yeah, and so- I go into my garden to feel
1: that. Yeah, I, may, I had my husband get me a greenhouse so I could put my meditation oh. chair outside in the greenhouse so that it, it doesn't get rained on. So I love so sitting nice. out there, especially when it's raining and you can hear it hitting the top. But it's important for those listening to remember that if you're just starting with your with your meditation practice, your thoughts are going to come in. Yes. You're, you're going to have loads of thoughts coming in and out during your meditation. And that's why journaling is so important when meditating is so that you can write down those thoughts and you'd be surprised at what messages come through during those thinking times. Yeah. And that just sitting there doing nothing is better than not doing it at all. Yeah. Right. Just sitting there for a minute in silence is better than not sitting and sitting there at all. Yeah. Um, but true. just keep up the practice. Just keep up the practice.
0: Awesome. All right. Is there any last thing you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up today?
1: Kenya? Yeah. Can Can I tell people where to find me? please do it'll be in the show notes too of course but yeah okay perfect yeah they can go to my website designyourexistence.com on Facebook and Instagram design your existence and then I also have a Facebook group which is healing anxiety holistically for women
0: all right very good that's excellent well thank you so much for telling us about the work that you do and what that looks like and how it helps people it was really great to talk to you today Thank you very much. I've got a gift for you that could change your life if you have a big decision hanging over your head. Are you struggling with your choices and sick of it? I've been in your shoes feeling miserable not knowing the right way to go. That's why I asked the universe for a sign. What a relief. I got an answer in a couple of hours. Discover the super simple method in a 30-minute program I created so you can learn how to use this no-fail process that works every time. Visit intuitiveedge.biz slash sign to get free access and make that decision quickly and easily. It's my gift to you. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode. And share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan
1: wishing you love and magic.